if I, man, if I didn't think I liked women before this, I was convinced after this. Um, really, <laughs> yeah, if that really ain't good time. Is that an indictment or is that a? <laughs> ah, look, it, it's a bit of both. This, this film definitely has an interesting relationship with women. Welcome to the Well-Paid DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am once again your temporary host with the most, James Wood, and this week I am joined by Adam Ryan. Oh, hello. Nathan Hennessy. Howdy ho. Rhiannon Austin. Hello there. And making his triumphant return to the show after far too long yes. away, Mark Isaacson. Yes. Welcome back. I'm here. I'm alive again. I think that's what I said last time, so... Clearly, I don't yeah, You only die. make returns. It's just one return after <laughs> yeah. another. This is your bit. I am, I am a literal wrestling god. I just keep coming back for more runs, no matter how many times I'm dead. Yeah. The Undertaker. <laughs> how are we all doing tonight? Good. Yeah, good. Good. Good to be back. Good to be here. Excited to not talk about anything because I have nothing to talk about. Hey, you're here for the end. Uh, yes, I mean, I it's fine. I'm here for the, can- the banter. Yeah. I mean, so it's a couple of goods. Yeah. Nathan, where are you at? Good, good energy tonight with this lineup, I think. So, you good know, energy. Mark's, Mark's clearly bringing it. So I'll just take it. I'll take it back seat, baby. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And Rhiannon, how are you doing? After my fight with the webcam, fabulous. <laughs> yes. A little inside baseball. We've been sitting here for about half an hour while <laughs> Rhiannon's tried to figure out. <laughs> it's not half an hour. Hey, surely. that's good numbers for us. It was about 28 minutes. That actually, yeah. Yeah, that's a conservative effort we, for the well-played team. Is. If we're hitting record inside of 30, poof, that's pretty well, good. It just don't happen, does it? Yeah. We'd still no, be talking about truly. milk on a on a good week at this point. There's there's oh, a true. very milky preamble most weeks. Somewhere he just got like a shiver up his spine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sitting at the, the pub in Sydney going, huh. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> we're talking about me and milk. What? what? <laughs> We have a, I'd say a modestly packed show to get through tonight. So I'm going to keep us moving along here very quickly. What have we all been playing this week that isn't content? Anything at all? I mean, since I haven't been here, I haven't been here for forever. So I play it quite a lot, but I'll. uh, It's true. You do have a fair bit to catch up on. I mean, look, the the floor is yours. What what do you Uh, want to I'll rattle off a couple because this is what I've been playing recently. Uh, Rogue Legacy 2. Nice. Banger. Banger. Um, Sonic, what is it? Sonic, hold on, it's right behind me. Frontiers. Sonic Frontiers. What the fuck? Like <laughs> it's good, right? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, I got to the first big game. boss mode. Yeah, look, it's it's okay. It's not bad, but I got to the big boss, and it is absolutely atrocious. And they always make that mistake with their bosses. <laughs> every time, every time. Um. Okay. How's the soundtrack? Yeah. Uh, well, I switched to the classic uh, sounds as soon as possible because those are best. Uh, no, it's okay. It's fine. I, I don't mind it. It's on my uh, my list. It was. It's been on my list for ages, so I finally got around to it. Um, so yeah, it's, no, it's okay. Uh, Remnant Two was also on my list, if only because I had no idea about Remnant at all, and I just took a gamble on it, and I'm really happy I did. Because uh, there's a that. there's a class where you can choose your own dog, and the dog. <laughs> takes you on it helps you out and everything i'm like game of the year game of the year don't care about zelda anymore remnant 2 love it uh you're hearing it more and more yeah exactly 
And it's, it's, I think it's done pretty well too, even though it's kind of gone under the. Mm -hmm. Radar? Under the radar. Radar. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. It slipped in at the right time, right? It was like right before we go crazy for games for the rest of the year. And so this is the time to do like a fun co-op action game. Yeah. It's done really well for itself. I'm happy to see that there are more of those sort of double A games having some success as Mm -hmm. well, which is good. Uh, What else have I played? I played a lot of Marvel Snap as well. I I love Marvel Snap. It's probably one of the best card games out there right now still. It's definitely it's yeah. if you haven't already played it, definitely give it a run. It is free to play. Uh, you don't have to pay anything to to get some good content out of it. Um, I think it's also on PC, but I've always been playing on phone. It's just easy to pick up and play a couple of minutes and get a couple of rounds in. It's genuinely good. Nathan, have yeah. you played Marvel Snap? <laughs> nah, I still haven't. And it's great because <laughs> I go to like. Yeah, I'll be at, I'll be at like Magic the Gathering events and stuff, and and it'll still come up in conversations. Like people are still very much a buzz about Marvel Snap, and I've always got some bullshit excuse for not having played it. The last <laughs> one was, oh, I don't have enough time to invest into something like that. They turn around, they go, "Mate, a match is less than five minutes." I'm like, "Oh fuck!" So I don't know. Like I'm just trying to avoid another addiction, man. Just... Not not even five minutes. It's like two, like one to two minutes at a turn. <laughs> the really. excuses are it's, yeah. It's very small. There's so many games just tugging at me, just wanting my time. I mean, Breath of the Wild, I still haven't given that more than six hours. Ah, Tears of the Kingdom, I shouldn't say. Yeah, I'm I'm only about 45 hours into that. Only about. Only only 45. Scratch the surface. Scratch the surface. Yeah. He's not wrong, is he? No. Have you played anything this week? Jedi Survivor. Yeah. It's. The, okay. How you the feeling? Time is now. I'm feeling so good, man. I feel like this is the game that's been flying under the radar. This has genuinely kind of blown mm. me away. Like hell yeah. I thought I liked the first one more than you, James. I'm probably quite confident in saying that. But it's still <laughs> they've just kind of like thrown that completely away as just the vaguest thematic proof of concept and and just iter- they haven't really iterated. It's almost an entirely new game, just with some vague similarities. It kind of reminds me of the best that we got of like action platformers in the PS2, PS3 era. It's just so free form in all of its like movement and and, and combat. And every time I, I'm genuinely looking forward to every time I play down, getting into like the next combat encounter, like or, or anything, mm-hmm. it, whatever's around the corner. The only downside I have is it's, it does have the same issue as the first game, where it doesn't know how to reward your exploration. Like, me- like mechanically, like I don't care that I've got another visual thing to tinker with. Give me, give me something juicy. But you know, I guess you know the man buns and shit are a, fun, a nice little touch. I was going to say that all it is, mustache right? wasn't enough for you, Nathan. God, talk about being <laughs> hard to please. I, I am hard to please. I like a little bit more sugar for my, you know, for my hard won achievements. But that's all. That's all it's given me. What a game, though. What's lightsaber stance you rocking? Uh, good question. Mm. So it's kind of a giveaway of how far in I am. Because you spent so much time on that first planet. Uh, I've got the blaster. And it's I don't know if I at first like it. Um, so okay. it's going to take a little time. But the other one is the dual wield. I, I do like the dual wield. Yeah, yeah, that was my favorite in the first game as well. But they all feel so good. I mm. don't have a favorite. Yeah. I just got to tinker with them. Because they all have their own little skill gradient. And they're all very rewarding in their own way. It's a great game. Marvellous. It is. Yeah, I agree. Rhiannon, you played anything? I have. I've actually been playing um, Mario Odyssey with my, six, with my, with my six-year-old. 
Uh, How's that going? She is really into it. She's very much uh, a leader in that. She has to be Mario and I have to be the the hat. That was my next question. Um, Yeah. yeah, She's taking it very seriously and I I expect nothing less from her. Wow. Um, (laughs) So we've been playing that, which has been great. Uh, I also have been, I've, I have to have a confession. I actually bought Hogwarts Legacy on Xbox and PS5 and PC. Jesus. And I intend to buy it on Switch as well. That's how much wow. I love that game. Dedication. Um, and so I've Switch finally. Switch is an interesting choice. Uh, I finally got around to playing it on the PS5. The reason why I've been holding off playing it is because I know people harp on about how amazing the DualSense is, but I don't <laughs> like it. Right, okay. <laughs> I, fair enough, fair enough. It's like a sensory thing for you? I will, I will show you. I will show you, okay? I've got them right uh, here. Okay. I'm wondering right. if it's ergonomics. It is the yep. ergonomics. I'm holding up two controllers. So I've got, oh, I've, got, I've got the PS5 DualSense and I've got... The uh, Elite 2. Yep. Now, if you look at the back trigger depth, right, (laughs) you see how the PS5, the L2 button, is actually quite flat. Now, you can see that these triggers are quite deep. They're also... Yeah, on the uh, the, uh, Elite 2, that is. On the Elite 2. And it's the same same on all of the Xbox controllers. That is Mm -hmm. what is getting to me okay and i know i know that people must move their index finger a little bit further back to to hit that button but i just i feel like it wrap your head around it i feel like i feel like it puts more pressure on 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 the gripping of the handles um and i just i'm having not the best time especially since that is your kind of your auto attack or your like basic mm-hmm. attack um, so it's taking me a little bit longer. So, so that's my story. It sounds like you need yeah. a dual sense edge. So, yeah, so, so quickly there, <laughs> uh, I think, so for the listener, if I, cause I, I just got the full visual demonstration, which made that marvelous, <laughs> didn't leave anything to the imagination. So what I'm understanding is kind of, there's a little bit more, and mm. I think I agree with you a little bit more work in pulling those triggers on the mm. dual sense it's a bit more of an exercise it's more conscious and and um, i would agree with you on that as well for those listening to the podcast okay. because you can only listen to it uh, i have a dual sense <laughs> edge in my hand the dual sense okay, edge so you can adjust this you can adjust these you? you can adjust the triggers there's the little things on the back but they're still but you flat. gotta pay big they are <laughs> they are a little bit flatter, but you can also make them a little bit looser compared to what you would normally have on yeah. the, okay. the PS5. You just want something yeah. to like it's rest your finger in. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm, I just, it's just, it's just better. I don't know. It, look, it's a preference. It's ergonomics. I know that it's just it, better. Xbox spent a long time, you know, researching the ergonomics of their controller. That's why they got the offset. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Triggers. Yeah, thumb sticks. Yeah. Sticks. Yeah. Thumb sticks. Um, <laughs> the sticks. <laughs> yeah, the sticks. And, um, yeah. and yeah, basically they they made this so that it would fit comfortably in an eight-year-old's hand. So, mm. and I am a 
lady, I have small hands. So I guess I guess that's why I I like it. <laughs> so that's fair. Anyway, yeah. I mean, like everyone has their own. Uh, I don't know, their own comfort zone with things. I feel like it obviously depends a lot on what you play most. Um, but yeah. I feel you. I have been, man, speaking of uh, control methods that aren't exactly comfortable, uh, I knocked off both uh, Heaven Will Be Mine and Echo Knight from my pledges list. Excellent. Um, Heaven Will Be Mine is a, um, it's a visual novel on Steam, basically. So that that was pretty straightforward. Uh, you can smash out that playthrough in about an hour and a half. Loved it. Uh, very existential queer narrative about uh, what bodies do in space and if we need physical forms to feel human and yada, yada. Loved it, right? Very James kind of shit, right? <laughs> um, and then I also did Echo Knight, which is FromSoft's, uh, I think, 1998 horror game. It's a first-person adventure game, but it's a horror experience where you play through a series of memories and you track a like a demonic a uh, stone through a, a ghost ship and you help spirits move on to the afterlife and the more people that you help, the better ending you get kind of thing. Um, the controls which, fucking sucked. The controls <laughs> fucking sucked. <laughs> and getting it to run on a definitely real PS1 was also super <laughs> fun to control. Um, so that was an exercise in tedium. It's not a super long game. I think once you know what you're doing, you can smash it out in about three hours. But like trying to wrap my head around, I think it's like the... L1 and L2 control looking up and down is how it works. Yeah, it, it's, I know, it, it's it's foul. Um, don't recommend the controls. I do highly recommend the game, though. I thought it was a, a lovely little FromSoft gem, and I'm, I'm glad I did it, but it took some some getting would, used to, let's would say. Would it be better to play, or, or like, is, is YouTube your friend with this one? YouTube uh, is probably your friend. Um, it, this isn't like a combat experience. You know what I mean? You're not going to miss anything by not pushing the buttons yourself. It's just, you know, finding items in a room, combining them with other items. Very adventure game shit. You know, it's nothing crazy. Um, if no one else has anything, I think we should get straight into reviews, though, which does mean I have to talk for a little bit longer. I'm so sorry to everyone involved. Um, <laughs> the headline review that we've got this week is uh, Stray Gods, the role-playing musical from Summerfall Studios. This is a a local joint. Um, I think this game has garnered a fair bit of um, hype over the past year or so. It's got just an absolutely incredible cast. Uh, David Gator is writing it. Austin Wintry is composing. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a who's who of artsy, impressive video game development. Um, I spent about, I think about nine hours or so to, to play through the, the campaign. It does have a, not a branching narrative, but you do being a role playing game, you do get to make certain choices. And so it does Im invite you to sort of play through it again, if you'd like to. I, I struggled with it um, more than I, I would have liked to. I This is a game that sometimes when you review a game, something comes along and you just think to yourself, I want to like this. And I I didn't, I didn't love th this game. Um, I, I think the core premise being, you know, it's a role-playing musical. So the idea is that you've got like a Mass Effect tree where you've got three or four different responses. Um, sometimes those are in static conversations in the same way they are in most dialogue choices in games. But uh, the the headline here is that you'll be able to do those choices throughout songs. Um, so this is a fantastical world in which you get turned into a uh, the last muse um, there you're immortal basically is the concept. And there are other immortal gods hiding out on earth and you get accused of murdering one of them. You have seven days to prove your innocence. 
and you do this by engaging in song um, and and singing your way through a bunch of different dialogue exchanges. Uh, Love that. And it, it's incredible. <laughs> it, it is. It's hugely ambitious. It, it's it's an amazing headliner idea. And then you actually get in there, and the the music quality is something we'll get to in a minute as well. But a song has a certain flow to it, right? And I feel like a musical, it, the core tenets of, of a good musical song is that it's got to have like a good amount of rhythm, good amount of heart and some good lyricism behind it, right? Like it needs to tell its story and sort of pull you along the audio experience. And what Stray Gods does is it starts with a good stretch of a song. And then when your option pops up to, you know, contribute your part of the song, instead of you know, let's say you've got like happy, angry, sad. That, that's not what it is, but just to, to sort of simplify it. Um, your option doesn't flow with the song. It changes the entire tempo of the song. And so what you get ah. is a very disjointed experience where you're starting to get into the movement uh, and the momentum of a track. And let's say that like the angry option is what would keep that song flowing on nicely, but you don't want to role play angry in that moment. And so you're forced to choose between what's going to be aesthetically more fun for me to enjoy right now? And what is the actual role playing I want to do right now? And it's, it's a real fundamental break in the experience that I think like cuts all the way to the core of it, which is a, a huge bummer because there's nowhere to hide if that core concept doesn't work. And I don't think it did all the time. There are some times when your options, I think, line up with the music and you feel like it, it feels incredible. Like it is a beautiful, nice experience in those moments. More often than not, I didn't have those moments though. I just found myself kind of like hitching my way through songs. On top of that, I think the music is fine at best. Um, I think that a lot of times it's a lot of exposition and a lot of very spoken wordy songs um, that just don't, there's, there's no bangers in here. Basically. I think there's one song about midway through that I thought was beautiful. Part of a really nice narrative stretch of the game as well. Nothing else I've remembered though, from my time with this game, there's no song that like caught in my ears or anything like that. Um, it does look beautiful though. I think if anyone has seen anything from this game, it has a very distinct art style, very comic booky, a lot of neons, a lot of purples. It's, it's got a very queer aesthetic and that carries through in the writing of the game as well. Grace is the main character. You can role play her as a, as a bi woman. I love all of that stuff. I think the, the cast of characters they've got is mostly okay. Uh, a lot of the dialogue they have to deliver is again, very expositiony. It's very plotty. Um, there's rarely a time when you're just hanging out with these characters, getting to know them as characters. They are more like functionality with a really sexy skin on top. Um, and it's, it just coalesced into like a really disappointing experience for me because I was so excited for this thing. And I think that the, the premise of it is so incredible and I would love to see them get another run at it. I just, I didn't come away from this version of Stray Gods feeling in, enthused about any of it. Um, does anyone have any questions, I guess? I, I played We Are OFK last year. I reviewed it for the, the channel. I don't know if you... Did you play that at all as well? Or I didn't, okay. no. Because what I was going to ask, because that had a concept of like a narrative journey, but it wasn't really an RPG. It was more like a... Almost like a text-based adventure sort of thing okay and then yeah. the music was uh like interactive games in themselves but like little mini games oh okay do you feel yeah. like the concept of rpg lends itself better to the idea than the the way uh, we are of kate did it in comparison it was there or did it not quite work um, the way you hoped 
it uh it's it's i said in my review this game um it, it plays a lot like a, a visual novel a lot of the times it's a lot of very static images very static screens uh it's interspersed with investigation moments where you just get like a a basic non-moving image you move the mouse around you click on certain things grace will say a quippy line about it and then until you find the right thing to click on to progress to the next sort of set of still images that you're going to look at um and so i do think that you, took, you take away that role playing, right? And you instead replace it with, I don't know, some sort of mini game like OFK did or whatever to keep the music going. I do wonder if you'd have a more cohesive experience here because I think the problem with Stray Gods for me is that it's feigning towards a lot of interaction, a lot of role playing. And I think that every time it tries to do those things, it actively hampers the best of the experience. It, it compromises the momentum and the flow of everything. Uh, so maybe it is just a, a genre mismatch for the concept. I'm, I'm not sure. Anybody else? So uh, when you've wrapped this thing up, did the ending at all impact how you felt? Do you feel better or oh, worse for the journey for you've taken all. because of how yeah. it's tied off? Sorry. I... Not really. Um, there's a lot of talk in the the first couple of hours of this game about the like the, the mechanics of the world, right? The the idea of like I think gods hiding in a modern setting is not a particularly revolutionary concept. We've seen a lot of things do that. American gods, I think, comes to mind. I think is one of the most direct comparisons I could make. Um, and there's so much importance given to the rules of this world, and then by the end of the game, those rules get just completely thrown out for the sake of wrapping up the narrative. And it's played as this like, oh, what a, what a fun, quirky outcome this was. And it's like, <laughs> I don't, if there's no, there's no sense of like danger to any of this. And look, there might be a world in which you play through this game and you fuck up the ending, right? I did see the Steam achievements that there were multiple types of endings that you could get. Um, but it, because of the music they've written here, it does kind of feel like it was always going to be headed towards a certain narrative conclusion in the broad sense you know in the in the choices you can like romance different characters and whatnot um but yeah i, I kind of the middle chunk was where i had the best time it, it got the balance correct between like kind of the tension of the sort of murder mystery investigation plot um and the actual getting to know of the, of the gods it, i would recommend if you could just take that middle chunk out and play through that highly recommend it um but everything either side of that i, I felt a bit like yeah so yeah, not not a great feeling on, on this one. Um, mm. I think, yeah, it's it's hard. It's it's a hard one. Um, I landed on a six. Um, I, I think it's I think it's ambitious. I think it has a very kind heart. Uh, I just it, it's not a not a home run for me on on this. Unfortunately, that's fair. Sounds I think like an the, X. Yeah, <laughs> I think those, those kinds of games where they they incorporate music uh, more to the narrative side of it can struggle at times. So I, I understand mm -hmm. that. I, I've been keeping an eye on this one for a while as well. So I am still keen to, to give it a shot. So I'll be curious to see if I have that same reaction to it. But yeah. Yeah. I think people are going to come at this with a lot of different feelings and emotions mm. and experiences of it. Um, I, I do think there is an, an objective level of quality that's gone into a lot of the production of this game, okay. which is why I sort of like, I think I landed a bit higher on that score than I expected to, because like that kind heart does go a long way. The, the intentions of this work of art are, they, they do matter to me because I can sort of see the vision here. Um, it, it mechanically just isn't, isn't quite there for me, but that is what it is. Uh, Nathan, tell me about Rune Factory. 
So I can confidently tell you, James, that Rune Factory didn't present anywhere near as much of a complicated experience as Stragos <laughs> did for you. But, uh, this, okay. this is that's probably a good thing. Yeah, this is this is nice and fluffy. So this is Rune Factory Three Special. This is the upcoming remake of the Nintendo DS game that sort of. Uh, fed its way into the world between the years of like 2009 2011 various releases across the world uh, this is a so if you if you don't know Rune Factory is a spin-off of the very well-known farming sim series Harvest Moon Rune Factory's oh. big twist on this series is that it introduced uh, this kind of fantasy combat or kind of like top-down action RPG element to the fantasy sim or the farming sim genre that Harvest Moon started off with. Uh, so these games, I think a lot of them came out on the Nintendo handhelds. Obviously, we last year got the Rune Factory 5 which then uh, transferred the series to a, a sort sort of more modern 3D uh, visualscape. But I did hear rumours that it might have been a little bumpy in its transition with like frame issues and stuff. So this is a much purer uh, fantasy or rather Rune Factory game. This is a, a, a sort of top-down, pre-rendered backgrounds, 3D models, uh, I've spent two hours with this game, so I don't have a whole heap to report, sadly. That's why I'm kind of fluffing around, because those <laughs> two hours were all tutorial. Uh, I didn't leave oh. the town, so I didn't get to see any of the combat that kind of separates this from Harvest Moon. Really, this was just a, a, a little bit of a tease of a fantasy Harvest Moon romp. So I start off with uh, a male character... This being a 13-year-old farming sim, they didn't really give you a choice, unfortunately. So you'll probably be now oh. used to getting... like you, There's normally a decision to be made as to how you might, at the very least, uh, have a binary gender choice for your character. And that will determine maybe how you pr like pursue romance in this world because you'll be expected to you know potentially marry off your character to one of these town denizens. So you are the caretaker of this sort of mythical enormous tree that sits at the head of this little village. Uh, I can't remember what the tree is called. It's got oh, it's the Sharance Sh tree odd name uh the villagers treat it like this kind of god tree and you're it's now it's caretaker and it's got a little farm out the front conveniently enough so at the start of this tutorial uh the sort of welcoming committee comes by uh pretty little anime waifu women they want to take <laughs> you around the town and introduce you to all the main sort of quote unquote characters of the town and they're all you know quirky in their own little way and uh, I made a mention in the preview that you really have to identify them by their hair color because these characters are quite dynamic and they're going to literally run around the town. They don't really stop. This isn't like Animal Crossing where folks just sort of hang out by the lakeside for a couple of hours. These folks are always on the move. If you want to track them down to talk to them, you're going to be noticing their little heads bobbing about on a mini map. The only way you'll tell them apart is their hair color. So it's very important here. Uh... The characters didn't make a whole heap of impression on me. As I said, they're just kind of quirky. Each of them has their own little uh, idiosyncrasy. Like there's one dude who talks in opposites, so he comes across as really rude. You know, it always seems like he's telling you to fuck off, but it really is just super happy to see you. <laughs> 
Uh, so, you know, charming in its own way. So these are the folks that I spent my two hours with. I had a really nice time with them. Visually, the game looks absolutely stunning on the Nintendo Switch OLED. So it's bought this, uh, you know, hyper-aesthetic, uh, idyllic fantasy anime look of the Nintendo DS through to the, the Switch really nicely. This will also be coming to Steam. Uh, and these are looking to be dropping in September. September 5, I think, is the release date, so they're not too far away. I think I want to play more of this. There is one thing I didn't love, and I think it could make or break it for some people. Uh, inventory management is just uh -huh. atrocious in this thing. Anytime you pick up an item or want to do anything with it, you have to take it into your hands before you put it into your inventory. There's no good inventory management. And then if you want to take... If you want to fuck around with anything in your inventory, you then need to put it into your hands to then rearrange it. So there's always this added additional layer of tedium into managing your inventory, and that's a huge part of these games. So might be missing a little bit of quality of life that might actually be something that is going to be a huge consideration for if people enjoy this game. Because this game can kind you, of... Um, sorry, can you use the, the, the Switch touchscreen? To do the inventory no, stuff? No, no, not that I, not that I okay. found. I, I didn't think there was any touchscreen, and, and that's ironic, yeah. right? Because this is obviously a, a remake of a game that utilised a touchscreen. Um, yeah. yeah. So inventory management, big issue there, and the controls are a little bit fiddly. Uh, th these games are quite tedious, and you have to enjoy that grind. And anything that makes that grind more tedious than it needs to be might just become too much of a chore. So I don't know how I feel in the long term, but it makes a very cute first impression. Uh, I think it's a really <laughs> lovely little game, Old Rune Factory 3, and I didn't play the original. On the um, the, the gender stuff, mm. how do you feel? So it was what? Story of Seasons, Wonderful Life, right? Also was yeah. sort of doing this remaster, old farming sim game. And that's thing an recently. older game I know that. This. Yeah. Yeah, but I know that like that remaster specifically did like a, a complete overhaul of the gender concept, right? Oh, that shit, you could kind of be too. anyone, be with anyone kind of thing. Do you think that this is just like a, like how far do you feel like they, they could have taken this as a, a remaster or re-release or whatever or... You know. Oh, to be perfectly honest with you, I think this just looks like an up-res port. I don't Got get... It. So there, there is the only thing that I could see from the materials that has been given to me, because obviously I didn't see shit in the first two hours of the game, there is a there is an additional <laughs> like romance mode that's their big addition, like new addition to this game. Uh, and this special mode, it's a marriage mode, I think it might be called. You get to do like a vin a, a vignette like an additional episode of the game that's just you with uh whoever you decided to marry but i'm mm. going to make the assumption now that you're probably only going to be marrying the you know the lady characters yeah. the game uh, so that's obviously i think that could be an issue here and you know you're right to imply that mm. this could be a bit of an oversight it's uh mm. it's called newlywed mode thank you very much <laughs> Aren't we uh, off the of mark? Sounds Ma weird. <laughs> what the hell is this game? And, and also, not, pun not intended, but thank you, Mark. Yes. <laughs> newly wed mode. Wow. In for the save. Yeah, um, newly wed. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I haven't looked into it. Uh, that that could be a big question mark. Is it is it popular enough to get a remake of its third game, though? Because isn't there been like four or five of them now? 
It is a weird thing, right? Like, yeah. cause, but the fourth one also got the kind of remake treatment from them as well. Um, yeah. Really, you could, I would say it's more of a, a localized port, but they they tried to market it as a remake. So four four was was weird like that. Um, yeah, three's a weird choice, isn't it? Considering five only came out last year and they're already diving into the middle of their backlog, not even the start of it. Oh, there must yeah. be an untold story in there somewhere. I, th- I wonder if it's just this is this is the one that had the best quality of life, perhaps. We need to put it another ten games. Generations. Just do it. <laughs> I, I, um, sorry. I was just going to say I personally am I'm, I'm thrilled to be having these Nintendo DS games coming back onto modern platforms. Agreed. Yeah, I want um, what is it? Hot Golden Soul Silver back. If I could oh, put that man. on the Switch, you... I'd be a very happy boy. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you seen how that fetches on the second-hand market? Oh, it's wild. I don't want to think no, about it. I've still got yeah. my copy in a box somewhere. Because I, so. I always Do you have the Poke Walker? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. Boy. You're a millionaire, Gold son. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the list right now. That's it. Uh, Adam, you have also spent uh, the opening hours of, of a game. Um, WrestleQuest, is there a subtitle? No, just WrestleQuest. Okay. Doesn't yeah, subtitle need it, mate. through it. Um, yeah. James, you and I have a, a a similar feel with our games as as of late with Stray Gods as with WrestleQuest. It's a game that I mm. want very deeply to like, but I'm struggling to like it as much as I would like to. Yeah, that makes sense. I think there's a lot of life. So for someone who doesn't like it, <laughs> <laughs> mechanically, WrestleQuest is like a classic RPG, like a JRPG, turn-based. Yeah, you have three people to a party against three opponents or, you know, a variety of opponents, a, a, an amalgam of the two, two, two versus two, one versus one as you go on. Um, but it's steeped in wrestling lore instead of like a, a fantasy setting like knights and armor and magic and, and all of that business. Um, the that They marry together better than you would expect, but it's just the little things here and there that strike me as a bit unfortunate. So the the combat system is pretty much your standard fare, your standard RPG fare. You have your basic attack. You have like a an MP meter that lets you do gimmick moves, which are more or less special moves. And you've got a hype bar that builds as you do certain things to allow you to unlock more powerful moves throughout the combat encounter. Um, but every combat encounter has QTEs that are baked into it. So your basic strike, you have to hit a button prompt within a certain amount of time to hit the move. Uh, then your opponent might bounce off the ropes and you'll get a chance to hit them again as like an additional attack, which has another quick time event locked to it as well. Same with defending. If you get hit, you might have a chance to counter Again, another QTE, which, uh, like I get it because it's, it like, it's inherently like supposed to be fast paced. Wrestling is frantic, but I just don't think it translates all that well in the RPG space. Like RPGs are meant to be this tactical thing that you can kind of get into the, the nitty gritty with and think about and not have to, like, you don't have to be super... I don't know, invested in the the moment to moment because you kind of pick your attack, then they go and execute that in the 
the cool little animation that plays out. And the animations are great. Like seeing little toys suplex each other is fantastic, but you have to, there's a level of investment that you always have to have. And over the course of what is shaping out to be like a 30 hour experience, when I have to have direct investment in every single combat encounter, whether that be a boss fight or whether it just be a random encounter in the overworld, which has the Pokemon style thing. Like if they spot you, you have to fight them. It, it gets old so, so fast. Um, and I even like four or five hours in, I was looking through the settings to try to find a way to just kind of circumnavigate that. There are options that you can switch off certain QTEs, not all of them, but it makes the game really easy because you automatically hit like the most damage on every attack and you automatically counter every move. So it just kind of takes out the challenge of it. So there's no real good way to navigate that. Um, as far as the, like the story is concerned, you play as Muchacho Man, which is <laughs> like a, a very on the, on the nose reference yep. to, to Macho Man, Randy Savage. <laughs> Um, and you also play as a few different characters and it kind of switches between them. Uh, the other main one being Brink Logan, who is trained in a dungeon by his dad and is Canadian. So he's very much Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, and it kind of chops and changes between predominantly those two characters and eventually a few others. But the pacing is all over the place. Like you'll start a mission as Muchacho and it'll be like, go here and collect wrestling face paint for your next match or whatever. And it'll be like, all right, I'll set out to do that. And then it will hard cut to Brink Logan picking up in the middle of another quest line. And it's really hard to follow. Like there's no act structure. It just kind of seems to be random hard cuts in the middle of quest lines. And the the plot is already, it's ridiculous because it's set in a toy box. It's not in the real world. Like you're playing as action figures who idolize their, their wrestling equivalents more or less. And like, it's batshit crazy. Like you're fighting like a, a mutated rat at one point and you're trying to suplex them out of the ring. Like it's ridiculous and trying to keep hold of all of the different ridiculous narrative threads while it's cutting and changing between different places and different locations and different stories. It's just really, really hard to keep track of. So I'm still, smashing through it and I'm hoping that maybe it it kind of brings it all together in the in the back half um but yeah where I'm sitting at the moment I'm a little bit conflicted because I like good part like a good many parts of it but as a whole it's just a bit messy so unfortunate but I've got high hopes that it might get better it sounds like they took like a crack.com concept for a video and they made it into a convoluted RPG, yeah, which it, is impressive in a way. <laughs> it is like it, there are some things that translate really well. Cause obviously wrestling and classic RPG, it's kind of that weird mashup that, you know, it makes no sense. It's so intriguing and you want it to be as fun as it sounds, but there are just so many parts of it that they just don't mesh very well. Like when you're, you have to pin anthropomorphic, uh, enemies like you don't have to pin the mutated rat that would be a bit gross but if you're fighting a human you have to pin them and to pin them you there's like the classic sliding bar and you have to hit the button when it, it's in the little green zone the, mm -hmm. like that's fine but if you miss it they immediately get back up and they have like 
40 health points back. So it becomes like this really irritating back and forth of, you know, the opponent kicks out and then you have to whittle their health back down and maybe they'll buff themselves or use an item. Like it draws out, it needlessly draws out combat and it just makes it slow. And yeah, it's, it's not great. The combat wants to be like, it wants to evoke wrestling themes, but it kind of does that in a detriment to the actual gameplay, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Feels like the common theme between both of reviews, Stray Gods and, and this is that it's brilliant ideas, but didn't quite have enough gel to sort of connect it all mm. together. Yeah. yeah. Lofty goals, but yeah. just not quite landing the execution. Yeah, mm. exactly. The, uh, yeah. That, 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 that gameplay with the sort of QTE type things happening during the combat reminds me of, uh, sounds almost like the Mario RPGs. That was the thing that oh, yeah. the Mario RPGs were known for. And it was a criticism that I would apply to them as well. So it was interesting to hear that recontextualized in something that's 100% not those games. Yeah. But we'll see. I haven't quite finished off the game and I haven't finalized my review yet. So next week, maybe I'll have drastically different thoughts, but I'm not seeing that to no, be likely. Very, very valid criticisms there, particularly with how it's like demanding your attention throughout. And like you say, a, 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 like an RPG yeah. really lets you kick back a little bit between decisions. Well, I was very much like, to pull back the curtain a little bit, I was hoping to passively play it while I was at work to kind of, oh, you know. fuck yeah. Smash through it a bit, and I fully oh, expected yeah. to be able to do so with a, a JRPG. But um, yeah, as soon as those QTEs kicked in, wow, wow. <laughs> no chance of that, unfortunately. Demanding. We've all been there. Um, quick shout out to uh, Kieran. He has reviewed Atlas Fallen for us this week. Uh, I completely, he, you know, I completely at, at forgot time, about Atlas Fallen. By the way, I just, what was that? I completely sorry? forgot about Atlas Fallen. I didn't even realize it was coming out. You and everyone else, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a game that sticks in the no. mind. Um, so uh, Kieran has said, the incorporation of sliding and aerial removers gives an infectious sense of freedom and ignites the will to explore the various biomes, nooks and crannies. And a constant string of tangible gains is your reward. It may not be the most polished open world experience you'll find even in the AA space, but it is one that at its heart is compelling enough to let you forgive the bulk of its foibles. Uh, it's unscored at the time of writing, but uh, having spoken to him, he does seem pretty high on it, which is, which is quite nice. I reviewed it for press start and I thought it was fine. It was, uh, you know, not quite a James seven, but, um, you know, it definitely has some good ideas in there. Deck 13, uh, are a fantastic little action studio. And, you know, I do appreciate that they're trying something new with this one, going to more of like a dark siders, open world fantasy action, um, tale, but look, it, it is what it is. Um, Adam, can you just what what is this uh feety? <laughs> what what's what's up? What's going on? Yes. Tell me about these headphones real quick. Yeah, I'll, it's super quick because they're the earbuds. I mean, no one wants to hear me talk about earbuds for twenty minutes. Um, yeah, they're the feety hi-fi <laughs> Zach dots. Does. Yeah, Zach of course he fucking that, yep. does. Yeah, uh, yes, if they were if they were hui wee fucking true, but <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's the, the high-end high end offering of Mifo, which is a, a Chinese audio brand. Um, I've reviewed one of their earbuds before, the the Mifo True S. Uh, these are that a couldn't huge... be a good review, mate. You're going to need more than one. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Damn it. Had to do I it, Tom. I find that funny. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm typically a, and like an on-ear or over-ear, like, headphones person, but I've progressively started moving into the earbud space just through convenience more than anything else. Um, <laughs> and these are probably the, the best that I've used as far as build quality um, and audio quality as well. They're, they're really, really solid little earbuds. Very sexy little design. They can just slip into your pocket, but their battery life is surprisingly robust for their size. Uh, and they've got fast charging as well, which is really appreciated. No wireless charging for those who give a fuck about that. I mean, I don't personally. Um, they're a bit fidgety to take out of the case. Other than that, they're really great. You should buy yourself a pair if you want them. They're on Amazon. Or don't. I don't care. I'm not your dad. How much are they? How much do those things run? Yeah. <laughs> two something. 280 or 290. So I don't, okay, to be honest, I don't know where that sits on earbuds because I know that Mm-hmm. They can get ludicrously expensive or really cheap and shit. So, well, yeah, I don't, it depends on your personal preference as to how much you want to spend on your audio the, gear, I the, guess. The better ones seem to fit around that sort of price point. Yeah, so that's yeah. Good. from it's what I gathered. Yeah. Sounds right. Did you get a reasonable impression of how long these buds could go under under use before a charge? Like six hours comfortably. I've, oh, I, really? Yeah, That's like I smashed them because, yeah, so I used them for, for work. I'm constantly going in and out of um, Teams meetings um, mm-hmm. and in between I'm listening to music and it's like between that five to six hour range pretty comfortably. They have three different like noise cancelling. There's transparency, normal and high noise cancelling. So yeah. it'll differ a little bit, but yeah, comfortably five hours, I would say, which is impressive. They're tiny. So it's, yeah, it's awesome. No, that, that is good mileage. Sick. Rihanna, talk to me about Pixel Expo. Give me the the soft pitch. Uh, We (laughs) believe you went on assignment this week. I did. I was very lucky enough to uh, be invited to Pixel Expo Level 2 this weekend. Um, If you're wondering where the Level 2 comes from. I was actually. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, the level two comes from, uh, look, it's the second year it's been running. So every <laughs> every year they're going to obviously, you know, say Pixel Expo level whatever year they're in uh, for running. Uh, so this was their, their second year uh, running this uh, running this event. And um, look, they've got they've got a lot of sponsors um, which helped run this event. They're a not not for profit, um, and all of the people that work at the expo are actually it's a committee and they're volunteers, uh, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, they've got PLE PLE Computers, City of Perth, Murdoch University, Screen West. Um, uh, SAE Creative Media Institute, uh, Space Jump, um, Drift Bunny. I didn't know Drift Bunny was a uh, sponsor, but there you go. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you more about that in a moment. <laughs> uh, Games Australia. Um, and, yeah, so a lot of people are putting in to help put this on. It was held at the Perth Convention Centre on Saturday and Sunday, which was the 5th and 6th of August. 
Um, absolutely fantastic event for Perth. Now, <laughs> I see where this is going. I know where this is okay. going. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was fantastic. So basically, the crowd was there were two there were two kind of main kind of uh, convention goers, right? So there were the convention goers that were there for the cosplay. They were either there to see cosplay, engage in purchasing items for cosplay uh, and everything kind of around that sort of uh, culture Um, or they were participating in the competitions that were held at the event, which was pretty awesome to see. You do walk around feeling like you're a little bit underdressed, but um, <laughs> but it's always lovely to see. And anyone who has actually been to any of these kind of conventions, like Supernova or something like that, they're probably going to be used to it. Um, I will say, though, the space was actually divided really evenly. So half the main floor of the convention where all of the stalls were, was for the cosplay, kawaii, very cute, Japanese. There was lots of art, um, yeah, lots of kind of props and stickers and all, all kinds of little accessories. I may or may not have spent a pretty penny in there because there were some really <laughs> cute things I just could not say no to. Um, and I think there was two there was two food stalls at the back, and then in the very front of that half of the uh, main floor, there was Drift Bunny. So Drift Bunny was actually incredible. She brought in her Supra, and M- I think she's got an MX uh, five. She bright pink vehicles, bright pink. Say, is that a car? It, it is. is. Yeah, <laughs> it okay. is. I'm going to piggyback the ignorance and and could you tell me who this person is? I'm so sorry. And she she's just an influencer on Instagram. Um, she posts a lot about her pink cars. She has I think she has pink hair. Um, and Does she and do yes, like burnouts she, and shit. Uh, <laughs> drifting. Yeah. Um, pink smoke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um, and she she has a a store. She had a little stall there. There was also some RC cars that were doing... I put a uh, video up on Instagram. Some pretty. I was, like, fortunate enough to go there when the pro people who actually own the cars were, were oh, doing cool. the drifts around the little mini track. It was actually quite cool. And then sick. there was, like, figurines and all that kind of stuff, some very questionable figurines. <laughs> mm. um, but, you know, it all, it all comes comes with that. Then this this is the part we want to talk about. The other half of the main floor was uh, games. It was either down the back. There was um, oh gosh, I can't remember their names, but they were the Larpers, live action role playing. You could oh. actually get in there. You could. Yeah, it was just a gold coin. You could go in and get trained and like fight the, the the people that were in there, fight each other, fight your friend, whack your friend, you know, with a foam sword. Uh, it was fantastic, and the amount of detail that goes into this, some of this stuff is incredible. They've actually um, they've actually built a whole like mini like village out like on a 
piece of property. It's fantastic. Um, so I think they were kind of like trying to recruit, you know, like, you know, because maybe some members have retired or whatever, but it, w- it was just a bit of fun and I thought it was great. And then the board games, you guys would have gotten excited about that. I was walking around this place. I did not know a thing. Um, I was on Dungeons and Dragons and all that kind of stuff. I was like, hello. And you know what happened? I they were welcoming. <laughs> they were. They were. But I can't remember who it was. But uh, one of you asked about one of the board games um, that was sitting on the table. Um, I wa- <laughs> Well, I asked them. I said, oh, I... I- this this game and they're like yes and I said this game is are the makers of the game here and then and then they're like oh no 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 we're just um we're just a, a game library and we let people use these games like we can, you can they can borrow them and I was like oh I feel like an idiot righto and I moved along <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> the hustle though yeah. <laughs> but I, I did know. ask. <laughs> and then um, they, there was uh, there was a bunch of competitions around around that uh, Pokemon cards, all that kind of stuff, and that was wrong back wall. And then there was um, retro gaming, nostalgia box in Perth, fantastic. Uh, uh, sh- it's a shop as well as a like venue, a location, um, so you can actually host parties there or meetings there or whatever and you can you can use their myriad of um, retro consoles uh, that they have there they did actually have an unfortunate event I think it was last year they actually got broken into their store got broken into and a lot of their a lot of their wares were taken Um, so they're slowly building that back up um, and they're still going so so good for them Um, but yeah really friendly people really really great and it was fantastic to see them out at this event Uh, then there was a whole bunch of pinball machines and just dance Um, it's tickle method yep (laughs) I really enjoy pinball now really Yeah, well, there was, I think, there were, gosh, there would have been 10 oh. pinball oh. machines. Oh, huge. That's a lot of fun to be had. Huge, huge. Uh, and then the, yeah, the Just Dance section, which was, I think that setup was sponsored by Respawn. And Respawn do kind of like the, the gaming kind of party scene. Um, so it's basically a club, but there's like Xboxes and Playstations that you can play in the corner. It's, um, yeah. So I think they... Br- they, br- <laughs> they for dweebs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, we like to party too, you know. If you need your um, comfort console, go into the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're done, when you need to recharge your social battery from socialising mm-hmm. in a club setting, uh, go and Perfect. play, yeah. go and kill each other in Halo, you know. Uh We've got a corner for that. <laughs> We've got a corner for that. I don't want to know where that is. <laughs> and then uh, the lovely, um, I can't say her name probably, Tijaku? Tijaku? She, fantastic Just Dance representative for um, Ubisoft ANZ. She's fantastic. She gets in there. She makes everyone, you know, do the dances and stuff. Fantastic. Loved that. And then there was the competition section with all the computers. Now, PLE computers had a massive setup there. They had a shop there and everything and that was really cool. And then Space Jump, GG, who is Perth's uh, very first resident um, eSport. Well, they're trying to get 
uh, trying to become an esports organization. Um, they had a, a really cool setup. Um, they were doing Rocket League, which was really cool. Um, and then what else was there? Oh, there was the university there as well. Um, like yeah. recruit or like offer it like. Does the university do courses based in like nerd shit game <laughs> stuff or nerd game shit development? Yeah. A diploma in yes. nerd yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Game development, yes. And then they okay. and then they had like I think one of the university game development clubs came and they had okay. their like, here's my portfolio of all my work that I've done here. Here's this computer. Why don't you play my stick figure game? Um, that what that's not actually listed on their website as part of their indie game showcase. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, and then I have to give a shout out to the Level Her Up station at the expo because they were personally. I think they were they were put with the so Headspace was there and um, an art therapy of somewhere I can't remember where it was called but um they were put with them in that section so they were sort of put in the cute fluffy section even though they're helping women become like game developers so I kind of I don't know I wish everyone missed Mm. them and I couldn't find them I I was there the, the whole first day I knew they were there I didn't find them so anyway strange it was a little bit strange but um the highlight for me was the Indie Game Showcase. They had 12 indie developers there. Um, I will list them for you now. There was Nico Grams. Neko Grams? I Neko don't know Grams. how to say yeah. Neko Grams. Yeah. It's a little cat, little tile, cat little tile game. Uh, very cute. Um, and it's now available on iOS and Android and coming soon to Nintendo Switch and Steam, which is quite exciting. I heard from multiple people that porting games to Nintendo Switch is quite the feat. So if it does come to Switch, amazing. Um, Misk A Tiny Tale. Uh, this particular developer, um, their brother is actually... Um, works at Mojang so quite an interesting um background there looking forward to seeing where that goes it's like you're a little tiny robot and you get to like walk around the earth um recycling stuff um and solving problems and um developing relationships and yeah it's 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 a little bit cute um then we have Ghost Cam. Ghost Cam is a exploratory VR game. You go through labyrinths and it's a li- it's quite spooky. Um, the la- it was one of the only one of the very few games that actually had females present as part of their development team, uh, which I found interesting. And um, they've uh, the creative director has got. Uh, experience in film so interesting to see where that goes I always love when that crossover happens um, yeah I love seeing what filmmakers bring to video games especially you know VR is becoming so popular so you know mm-hmm. and, and and game and gaming is entertainment really and w- I was actually talking to her about this she said the amount of crossover is so like it's more than you would think it would be um Power Sync is a puzzle platformer. Um, you're in an underwater 
power plant. You're a little scuba scuba man with the big with the big little helmet. Um, they had like six of their team there. Like they were, they had everyone. And I was, I was like, is this everyone? They're like, yeah, this is everyone. So they were very proud. They were very proud to bring this game. I did say to them, um, the printing of their sign, I couldn't really read the, the name of the game because it was quite like dark navy blue background of the water against the black of their, of their mm. uh, font. And I was, and they were like, yeah, we didn't know how dark it would be on the printing. And I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. So, um, yeah, that was, that was actually really promising. I really liked that. Then there's Incolitus. Um, and this was basically a very, uh, it reminded me a little bit of um, uh, Risk of Rain 2, the kind of the faster you go, the more power-ups you have. It's a real shooter. Uh, it's a first-person shooter. You go around in these kind of, what would you call them, uh, kind of areas where you un- you can only move on to the next area if you've killed all the enemies. It's very, uh, very fast. Arenas, yeah. yeah. Um, it's running in Unreal Engine 5 and actually this particular game uh, has received funding from Screen West to go to Gamescom. Excellent. Love it. So this game will go there, which is really interesting. Hell yeah. Because if you... I know. I think. I think. I think about how the game looks compared to a game like so. Power Sync, for, exa- uh, for example, like the kind of uh, Power Sync looks a little bit more finished than Incolitus does, um, but the game is pro- is like more fun, if that makes sense. And it was really interesting to see the the level of finish versus the level of fun the game is. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, definitely look out for that one. Uh, the whole setup was pink. It was amazing. <laughs> it was great. Battle Tabs. Battle Tabs is Battleship, but you are a Vi- You have a myriad of Viking ships um, that you place on a grid. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's, it's 3D. It looks really good. The, the user interface is really good. Um, that, uh, the... One of the designers was a female as well, which was really cool to see. Um, she was there helping me with it. Um, this, they just had a little bit of um, uh, server lag, I guess, just because people were playing locally. So you, I was playing another person or I was playing one of the developers and I think, yeah, that was a little bit of an issue, but it could just be the location. I wasn't quite sure. But um, Battletub's really good and it is coming to mobile, uh, which I think is cool. Take the Wheels um, is an arcane racing game with a twist. Basically, you the way you race around this track, you had to kind of hold the thumb sticks as throttles. Um, but one oh. was for the left one and one was yeah. for the right one. So, okay. T- so, okay. So to drive forward, right, you must hold the left and right sticks at the same level, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and then to mm-hmm. turn, you must obviously release 
which one you need. But to turn right, you needed to release the left one. To turn left, you had to release the right one. It was quite the learning curve. It took me, it, oh. how long, I think it took me seven and a half minutes to get around this track. <laughs> and they had the fastest time written on there and the fastest time was like three minutes. And I was like, bloody hell. <laughs> get on there. <laughs> um, but you know what? I didn't give up. Um, I did tell him, I said, when I run into the bushes, I want to be able to run down the trees. Like I was very, I was very open with like what I wanted to do. And he was like, oh, that's actually a good idea. And he like wrote it down in his little notebook. Really interesting. Um, very interesting. <laughs> kind of, oh, I don't, I can't remember what the game is called, but it's very like, it's very obvious that it's 2D really trying to be 3D, like that kind of vibe. Right. And then there was Boxman. Boxman was looked great. Okay, it had that real Unreal Engine five lighting. Um, you're a little box, and you like go around this little world of boxes, and you collect styrofoam little pe pellet things, and then you sort of unlock Oof. all these puzzles. You had and me at packing peanuts. <laughs> um, and you go around, you solve all these puzzles and everything's made of cardboard, very charming looking, um, but it just, it was trying really hard to look that way, that there, there was a lot of bugs. Like, for example, there was one part where I had to like swing from one box to another and I was had to attach to this like um, kind of spindle of thread I think it was, and um, it like just went all over the place um, and that was a particular bug and some of them did actually break the game. Um, so obviously the, yeah, and like sometimes if I would turn a corner because you could control obviously your character and then the camera as well with the other stick, um, sometimes it would just like bug out and yeah, it would like zoom really far in and so a little bit of finesse but definitely really promising that one. Um, and now we go into, uh, the, the top, the tabletop games. Um, oh, you actually played the tabletops as well. I played every single game there, James. <laughs> I played every game. The Adam is pleased. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> In the spirit of, uh, our, our missing host at the moment, um, let's get your highlights on the tabletops. <laughs> okay. And then we can move on. <laughs> All right, can I just say, so I know, I know um, Mark said he, he was interested in GeoPals. Yes, yeah, um, what do you think that, of that? But, but GeoPals looks like Pokemon. Well, that's why I was interested in it. <laughs> well, it looks exactly like Pokemon. <laughs> it, just, it sounded like a cool idea, the whole geocaching thing. I, it I was, was, yeah, the concept of geocaching, um, real-life scavenger hunts for prototype cards, Kipper key strategy to grow the community you know like it's just trying really hard not to be pokemon when it actually <laughs> is just pokemon um fair enough yeah anyway savage y uh yum cha was there with their boat and they had their boba tea their new boba tea game um there's a lot of maths in there um so it's not really a game you can like really really play like if you're I don't know, taking shots or whatever, but um, it's um, <laughs> it, you you could incorporate it if you really want to strain the brain. Um, and the guy was astounded by the fact that I'd never been to Yumcha before, um, because he's like, "You've been to Yumcha, haven't you?" I'm like, "No, 
I would Yamcha <laughs> even really be a big thing in Western Australia? I'm no, wondering. I mean, it's not, not a big really. thing, but um, it is. There's a few Like, it exists. But it exists. <laughs> it, I'm sure she can be forgiven. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so, but th- those guys were really good. They seem like they have um, a very strong um, financial backing, and it shows. Uh, lots of people liked that like came to that and really liked that game. So, and the guys there were really knowledgeable. So, um, shout out to them. Um, Was mystery? that a started game, uh, I Adam? I think Do you know? it might have been. Okay. I know that yeah. um, I know that Yamcha was. I'm not sure about their new game, but Yamcha was, yeah. Did yeah, we see that at PAX last year as well? Yes, yeah, sir. We I yeah. bought a copy. Yeah, very good. They had a special on when I was there. I did not buy it. Um. They probably didn't need to mention that bit. <laughs> you lost him again now. <laughs> no, well, often if you are interested in these, some of these board games and they do have another one, quite often if you are there at a convention, they will have a special on. So, yeah, it's a good idea for, you know, Christmas presents and, you know, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Anyway, Mystery Unfolds. Um, look, my honest opinion was this this board game was unfinished and um, it seemed like uh, – so I'll, I'll read the description. Puzzle cards are an escape room experience in a um, – oh, no, this is completely a completely different one. Um, puzzle cards in an escape room in a greeting card, that was a fantastic idea. I thought this was a different one. There are a couple there that um, aren't actually listed on the website. Um, so basically these are hand-drawn illustrations and they're made into uh, greeting cards for people. I thought it was a great That's idea. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, it, the, the, the premise is that you solve this card and then you get your birthday present. If you don't solve the mystery, you don't get your birthday present. So, And just in case you think that, like, let's say you're not really good at puzzles but your friend is good at puzzles – the answers are online for you. So that's generous then. No, no stress. Cause I'm shit at puzzles. So um, I do appreciate the, <laughs> yes. I was like, Oh, I just, what if I'm not really good at puzzles, but I can imagine like some of our local, uh, well-played uh, writers here, they might enjoy something like that. Um, local well-played idiots. <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> idiots. I really thought you were going with that. <laughs> I didn't say idiots. And then um, there was hi- there was hyperspace panic. Um, this was the this was the um, tabletop game that I really felt like it wasn't finished. Uh, this game is a five to sixteen player, so you have to have five people minimum, and it can be up to Dense. sixteen. Uh, social deduction sci-fi game where players must find the evildoers as well as staying alive and protecting the cargo. So I guess it's kind of like Among Us yeah. in a tabletop yeah, right form. For that, amount of people. Yeah, that, yeah. that sounded bang on. Yeah. Uh, can the crew push out the evil team or will the evil team take over the ship? Or maybe they are actually aliens. Um, one, one of those people has to be a moderator. So there has to be one person that knows who is who. Um, I'm not quite sure. I didn't get the opportunity to actually play this game. 
Um, but yeah, maybe just play Among Us. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> if you don't have Look, a video game console, there's the board game version. Well, mm. yes, if you have four friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. That uh, uh, takes me out of the running. There was... <laughs> There is, hold on, there was there was one game who isn't listed on the website and that was the called The Lone Wolf. Um, that was a, a story-driven uh, advent, adventure uh, novel game. Uh, quite interesting. You kind of um, have these, it was, it's a really interesting concept because you are playing this girl, she's having these nightmares about becoming a werewolf, yada, yada, that kind of thing. But as you, as the social interactions you have, you can actually fill this bar that um, excites you. So it's like plus 10 excitement. The more excited you get, the more likely you are to turn into a werewolf. So potentially one action you could do in the game, like you might be in the middle of a cafe and you might, um, I don't know, tell another person that um, another person likes them or um, you might lie to someone that can increase your excitement and you might actually transform in the cafe rather than okay. transforming at nighttime. So I thought that was a really interesting <laughs> game. Um, <laughs> it, Sounds cute. Yes. So, sorry, this has gone on a lot longer than I thought it might be. Um, <laughs> it's It sounds like it was a pretty dense experience. And, like, I, I imagine, especially for, you know, that side of the country to get something like this is, I mean, it just sounds like a, a net positive uh, for you guys over yeah, there. So. Yeah, we, we yeah, don't definitely. get a huge amount of events like this. It's also the fact that mm -hmm. I think the fact that Victoria is, like, the mecca of video game development as well. The fact yeah. that we've got mm -hmm. pixels... Uh, Pixel Expo around that has mm. that support from Screen West hopefully will sort of help push that in the local area too. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that probably yeah. like, I'm going to say like a good 75% of the people there have received funding from Screen, from Screen West and some of them have actually uh, reduced their development time by about two years. So really yeah, awesome for them, good. really happy for them. And you know what? I'm really happy that this, came, this is here and people who are in Perth who are – you know, because it is a creative space. They can they can go and study this. They can, you know, teach themselves to code and develop these really interesting games. And look, I, we love to see it, you know, Aussie games. We, we love to see it. Yes, we, <laughs> we do love to see Aussie games. Absolutely. Rihanna, I promised you earlier that I would use a transition for you when you wanted to start talking about this, and I completely fucked that up. So, in lieu of nothing else, uh, speaking of pixels, Red Dead Redemption is back as we head into the news. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll accept um, it. I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm brute forcing this. Um, so this is building off some news that we talked about. Was it last week? The the Red Dead Redemption remaster news Surely. potentially. Sure, why not? Um, anyway, so it turns out uh, Rockstar Games presents Red Dead Redemption was actually just a Nintendo Switch and PlayStation Four port of the game. For some fucking reason. Um, this is coming out on August 17th. Not a remaster. No new content. It does include Undead Nightmare though, which is good. Um, Adam, you pointed us in, this out in your write-up, but they are looking at $49.99 US for this, which is that's, criminal that's in my opinion. Yeah. There is going to be no native PS5 version or an Xbox version. Um, still no PC version either, which is 
again, what are we doing here with this? Um, yeah, and apparently that's not likely to include the online multiplayer either. So given the price and how little bells and whistles there are on this, uh, I really don't understand why they're treating yeah. their IP I, like this. Like Red Dead is like a prestigious thing. I do so. have a theory though. I still think the remake does exist. And I think this is a stopgap because mm. they know it's not going to be playable on PS4 or Switch. That's my theory. Well, yeah, this could add credibility okay. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I follow Mark yeah. there. That, yeah. That's conceivable. Glass half full on that one. I appreciate yeah. that, actually. I'm still going to buy it on empty? Switch because it's going to be yeah. terrible. Yeah, come on, Adam. I think this is fucking abusive <laughs> towards fans of the series. I genuinely do. I think charging that much for something that people have wanted to replay, like it's mm. it's monetizing nostalgia and I think it's really fucking nasty. Yeah. At the end of the day, I, f- I think it's gross. Well, yeah, the fact that's not the, even the remastered is, is weird as well. It's nothing. It's really it's nothing. like it will have updated resolution because mm. you have to to have it natively play on PS4 and then PS5. Charging mm. what in our dollar will be like $70 for a general port is fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It really does Agreed. not sit well with me. And that's coming from someone who would really like to replay the game, but. Out of principle, there is no way I'm touching this with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Like in Slack today, I think you had a little typo where it initially came through as $9.99 US. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, 15 bucks. That makes perfect sense. Um, You know, but yeah, this is a bit much. It's gross. I'm just a little bit annoyed. Like I'm expecting way better and bigger things from Rockstar at this point. Like Mm. surely, surely we're getting something new. Not the same old stuff we've already played. And, and then yeah, my mind goes to the GTA Remastered Trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Hey. It's, an, it's a similar thing. It's not Rockstar themselves handling the port. So it leaves them free right. to do, I don't know, whatever the fuck they're... GTA, GTA 6. GTA yeah. 6, exactly it's right. It's the, the so, problem that uh, Nintendo has with the Switch. The fact that GTA 5 has been so successful... They've kind of backed themselves yep. into a corner now. They, they've got to come up with something massive. And all they can do in the mm-hmm. meantime is just sort of drip feed little things to other studios to sort of fill the time out. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Not good enough, though. Uh, no, mm-hmm. certainly not. Um, Square Enix also feels like they have not <laughs> had enough this week. Uh, they have <laughs> said that they are disappointed in Final Fantasy 16 sales. We love Now, these bearing headlines, in mind this we? game has sold... Three million copies. Um, but, only three uh, million, its, James? Yeah, only three million in its first, first week, week, first week, mind you. Mm. <laughs> um, so it's technically exceeded most game sales, obviously, I think, for games of this size. But uh, I think because of the uh, the production sort of cost on this game, Square yeah. Enix has said that they have been disappointed by this. Uh, they also believe that the limited player base on the PS5 has impacted sales, but they have hinted at increased Xbox support in the future, which is, I mean, deeply funny because I can't imagine having this game on Xbox was going to like make up the gap that they were looking for. Like PlayStation owners are their Final Fantasy fans for the most part. So is what it is. Um, we also saw the Square Enix stock price drop in Japan following uh, this, leading to uh, what are we doing here? Promise changes are more likely to focus on double A, AAA releases and less investment in mid-sized games. Which, what mid-sized game do you have left at this point, Square Enix? Like you, you kind of put the Forspoken team out to pasture already, based on what they did. Um, they released about thirty well, RPGs. Release another fifteen. Yeah, yeah it's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. <They're> gonna, <laughs> so many RPGs in the last year. 
Another bunch of fucking farming sims. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Pretty fucking average. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just a good run of like sixes and fives from you and your reviews of them for the past year. (laughs) And hundreds of hours spent over the year. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't imagine anyone feels particularly strongly about this. We were talking about this game, I think, before we jumped on tonight, but I don't think, you know, it's... It continues to be one of the games that came out this year, you know? Yeah, should have made a better game. (laughs) Our mates at Activision are uh, releasing their third take on Modern Warfare 3. Um, so this has got a November 10th release date. No platforms confirmed so far, but I mean, we all know where this is going. Yep. Um, Captain Price is back in the teaser footage. Uh, it seems to be, as Adam did, said in his write-up, these games are very loosely referencing sort of iconography and concepts from the original Modern Warfare trilogy, but telling their own story. Um, does anyone feel anything for this? Or have we sort of like reached the point where we had with the original Modern Warfare 3 where it's like, oh, another one? I think it's pretty obvious they've run out of ideas that they're jumping straight to Modern Warfare 3. Yeah. Though I will say, apparently, I was reading up on this, it is Sledgehammer that are behind this, so they may have okay. the return of Zombies mode for this one, which has been absent for the last couple of releases. So that mm-hmm. might be interesting, but uh, hard to say. Did Sledgehammer do World at War? No, that no. was Treyarch. Um, uh, okay, never mind. I, I liked that it, one. Yeah. I know that game's like 20 years old, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the whole duty I like. <laughs> The other uh, um, the other 20. suggestion was that this was supposed to be originally DLC for Modern Warfare 2. That was the oh. earlier reports. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think I might have read something that as a compromise, there might be some carryover of purchased content and progression. From oh, have a laugh, Nathan. Now, that's never occurred before. No. And it doesn't make much sense that it would now, but I, I mean, you know. We can hope. I, I would can. hope, One yeah. So is the the modern warfare multiplayer component separate from the free to play Call of Duty multiplayer? Components? I'm so glad that you asked that, James. Because <laughs> if you go to Steam at the moment, Activision has just gone through a bit of a rebranding of what Call of Duty is. So now, if you were to open up Steam today and you were to find Call of Duty, anything related to Call of Duty in the past twelve months, it's simply called Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And so now, Call of Duty is these. Th- is now supposed to be considered as three, at least three separate entities. And say for within Warzone as a free-to-play battle royale entity, that's also the umbrella for the DMZ mode, which is Mm. itself hoping to spawn its own entity, (laughs) which might graduate into, you know, one of the four tiers of COD now. So... There is a holy trinity of Call of Duty as we now know it. It is the multiplayer, the war zone, and the pretty fucking garbage single player. And uh, the... Yeah, whatever suffix we get seems a bit arbitrary now. It's just Call of Duty year 2023. Call of Duty 2024. It's just the sports game approach then. It it very much is. Oh, yeah. Nail on the head. It's never been... A grosser franchise as well. Like I, I jumped in and played some. I think I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago with you like did, a yeah. mate of mine, and for some reason I'm, I'm banned permanently for the game. Probably because I <laughs> it on the podcast. Activision lovers, big kisses. Oh, that's yeah. right. It was DMZ that you got banned from as well. So this is your yeah, second Call of Duty ban. You little just slut. fucking just <laughs> downloading the game. Apparently they're like, nah, we don't want you here, mate. No, but no, not the, the monetization of that game is something else. 
it's yeah yeah it's nasty it's rough i do enjoy a bit of call of duty multiplayer though <laughs> there it <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> I really, really like someone modern warfare 2 was the first time in years i was like oh, i'm back baby I uh, only played about four hours, but I was back for those four oh, hours. Oh, <laughs> Brandon, do you get into any of the Call of Duty games? I know that you sort of circle Halo sometimes, but yes. is this something that you... Yeah, no, I do I do love a little bit of uh, Master Chief. Um, yeah, that's a, bit, that's a bit of fun. What about Captain Price? Oh, pricey. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we, I, I do enjoy uh, looking. Um, however, the playing... <laughs> It's, it's <laughs> that's a good way of calling it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the playing aspect. Um, everyone is very very serious. Um, and mm, I very sweaty. I'm I'm just not that sweaty. Um, and yep. I I have tried. I really have, and I just can't click heads like other people. I really can't and I don't enjoy it. Look, maybe if I took the time to memorise the maps and knew all the hidey spots and, you know, maybe I could play like a, a sniper style, you know, campy kind of vibe, but it's not something I've invested my time into, unfortunately. That's but fine. I will I will look. Mm, okay. Dabble, dabble. <laughs> you will have plenty of time to do that this year, though, because Devolver Digital have actually uh, kicked a bunch of games of theirs into next year. Uh, the shortlist is uh, The Plucky Squire, Ooh. Pepper Grinder, Skate Story, Stick It To, The Stickman, and Angerfoot. Um, does anyone... I feel like Plucky Squire raised a, a bunch of eyebrows, right, when that was first released. That's the storybook yeah. one? Oh, yeah. Mm. Very, very keen yes. for that one. Uh, oh, is that, that a Nathan game right there? Yeah, surely... Surely, Nathan, you were keen on Plucky Squire at one point. I think he's forgotten what it is now. He's looking it up. It's the 2D to 3D like storybook looking one. Yeah. It's very shaking charming. shaking his head. Doesn't have a fucking clue what it is. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Good content. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Angerfoot is a fucking banger. I've played yeah. the, I played that at PAX last year. Yeah, that's really That good. is a yeah. really good time. Skate Story also looks the goods. Um but Devolver delaying these was in like the most Devolver way possible. Yeah. They put together yeah. a showcase a to showcase more or less say, hey, here are all the games <laughs> we're delaying into 2024. Look at all this stuff we have. You're not seeing it yeah. till next year. You're welcome. Yeah, if yeah. you're going to delay games, yeah. I mean, fuck it. You may as well have a laugh with it. Eh? At least have fun with it. Yeah. 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 Kudos for that. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake has gone on to become the most successful game in the Resident Evil franchise, now selling 12 million copies. Uh, it's just beat out Resident Evil 7. I think we're, there's not really the talk about there. I just Why can't like Final Fantasy do those kind of numbers? Come on, <laughs> well, Square Enix. <laughs> come on, Square Enix. <laughs> I think, may- I think maybe... They were very disappointed <laughs> to hear that, Adam. I think yeah, maybe I that's what they're doing. They're they're thinking about it and they're like, look, this beloved franchise with this massive fandom, all these fans behind it, like, hello, why can't we be as good as mm-hmm. these guys? These Which other totally Japanese understand. dudes doing better than us. Like, it's it's yeah. hard to be Resident Evil good, you know. Not much <laughs> not much is like that. The only thing I'd argue that's actually better and doing better in the numbers wise is Nintendo this year. Uh, um, so go. in the April to June uh, financial period, they have sold an additional 
four Holy million switches. Shit. Wow. Uh, yes, this is obviously hugely driven by Tears of the Kingdom coming out, which in its first month and a half on the market sold 18 million copies. Um, so you know, for comparison, that's 12 million copies of RE2 Remake in its lifetime. And that game's been out for years now. 18 million copies in a month and a half for Zelda is bonkers numbers um i think that the other parts in this news is that like you know it's their best financial quarter and forever and bully for them that's wonderful but um yeah nothing i don't think anything moves mountains the way zelda will move mountains this year um maybe starfield but i imagine game pass is going to cut into that pretty substantially so should be interesting to see look when um when sorry I'm, no? I'm gonna I'm gonna get on my soapbox little here because um, I'm ready to kick it out. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 wow. Um, look, <laughs> all I'm saying is okay for all the people listening who don't have a lot of money. Okay, who can't buy every single game. Tears of the Kingdom. If you wanted this special edition with all the whiz bang things, you wanted the the special edition console. You wanted the controller and the case and all of that stuff. You were looking at $1,500. Substantial, yeah. Which is a lot of money. Now, there are lots of people that have this money or saved up for it or whatever. Yes, it has a massive following. But I can... (laughs) Mark. Mark. Yeah. (laughs) I might might be one of those people who did buy a lot of it. A fantastic for you, but I want everyone who's listening to this right now, if you can't buy every single game, if you can't buy every single thing within a game's, you know, uh, special edition, whatever, all of the stuff that goes along with it, I want you to not feel bad. It doesn't make you any less of a gamer than the person who can afford it. It's true. And my comment wasn't even disparaging the concept of Game Pass. Like, it was more of a, like, I... I think that Starfield is the kind of game that would have sold these kind of numbers, you know, if it hadn't been available on Game Pass. And that, that's not uh, a matter of like, that's bad for gamers. It's more of a, Physical it's just going to change the marketplace, shifted. you know, like Bethesda has always been sort of a, they, they show up with numbers. Right. And I think this being the first time that a major one of their releases is just going to be available for, you know, $15 a month or whatever to like a majority of Xbox users. Um, it just, it's a, an objective shift to the market, you know, Neither good or bad. I just think it would be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild a, time to be alive. It is. Yeah. Where's yeah. reverse sport as gamers? Oh, yeah. It's where I have an, an incredible rest of the year. Like, there is so much good shit coming. I, I really cannot wait for a bunch of it. Um, I put this in there entirely for myself. This is very self-serving. I'm so sorry. But Kojima my boy uh, has done an interview with uh, Music Natalie. It's a a publication in Japan, I believe. Um, And he's talked about the concept of redefining Strand in uh, Death Stranding 2 because of his experiences with COVID. I just really loved this quote. I had to read it out. At the beginning, there was the theme of connecting. And after that, I made a lot of notes about character settings, game ideas, and so on, like how to connect it. I put it together while maintaining a balance, but I had to rewrite everything because of Corona. In Death Stranding, it was justice to connect, but with the Corona crisis, pseudo-connections, such as remotes, have come to be empathetic emphasized. On the other hand, I felt that such pseudo-connections alone would not lead to fulfilling human lives. After all, humans need to go out into the outside world and move. 
I fucking love this man. I love I Kojima love so much. So good. This it's is such so an much earnest... wank, man. <laughs> I know, but he means it. And I think that's what gets him across the line for me is that like, it's not pomp and, and sort of puffing up his chest. This dude is just sitting there being like, you know, Zoom's not enough. It's people people like you that have allowed him to pretend <laughs> that Strand people is like a concept. Me. It's a it's genre. It's a, what are you talking about? It's, it's a, a genre. Of fucking you thread. go make some strands, you indoor prick. <laughs> <laughs> Dunky oh, did it best by satirizing the strands. Look again, again, another another point towards gaming is a creative experience for it is exactly right. I'm going to erect my little strand statues and get my little smiling faces on them, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Fuck yeah! Uh, and Nathan, this one I, I threw in for you and me, but there's a new Witcher book coming next year, uh, which is tangentially related to gaming news i like to throw in a little fun one at the end um yeah cool let's fucking go new witcher book get, yeah, get excited uh, i'm back how many I'm back witcher on books the are there uh it's like seven, eight, six, seven six in the main series and then two short story compilations and I think. then there's also the prequel wow that came out after the main saga Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. I still didn't read that, actually. So, is it- so I have two new Witcher books next year. <laughs> this is very exciting for James. Um, um, terrific. I love books. how James yeah. is a separate person. Yes. That's great. Oh, yeah. I, I just observe myself getting excited for dumb shit all the time. Um, nice film of the week. 90s film of the week. This is something that I skipped over, I think, the last time that I hosted because I couldn't be fucked. And looking at how long we've run now, I really wish I had skipped over it again this time. But I picked one. Uh, this week, it is the 19... 19- Reloading the page. Let's fucking <laughs> Good start, go. good start. I don't know. <laughs> 1993, June 5th's uh, Ninja Scroll. It's an anime film absolutely absurdly violent sexually indulgent little piece of shit stinker film it is I loved it. It. fuck it's fun <laughs> yeah absolutely i remember i watched this uh, i think when i was like 16 years old fucking high you off my naughty ass. boy you weren't the- old enough to watch that <laughs> oh, i'm just no. saying it was an education um i if i man if i didn't think i liked women before this i was convinced after this um <laughs> Is that an indictment or is that a... <laughs> ah, look, it, it's a bit of both. This, this film definitely has an interesting relationship with women. Um, still highly recommended. I'm not sure if it holds up, but it was a lot of fun at the time. So that is uh, 90s film of the oh, week. I saw I this am... one for the first first time just three, four years ago. So holds Oh, up. okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, good shit. So Again, one for me to for add... The second- Sorry, so for the second time tonight, Zach has just had a shiver run down his spine for what 90s film of the week has become. Exactly. Well, I mean, this is what he gets for being like, didn't do a 90s film of the week. Yep. (laughs) They asked for it. Um, Cognizant of time, so let's let's wrap this up as quickly as we can. Quick off topic. Has anyone seen anything? I know what I've seen and I want to talk about it for a second, but does anyone else want to jump in first? Uh, um, two two I, things. Two things, just quickly. I had a '90s film of the week that I just watched, which is called U.S. Marshals. While I was down in Margaret okay. River, which is the reason why I wasn't at Pixel Expo. Sorry, Pixel Expo people. I was on holiday, um, and I was yeah. It was just on TV, and I was watching that, and I thought it was cool. And also, uh, uh, Oppenheimer. I don't know if you guys have actually talked about that on the potty. We yet. haven't. I just saw it myself. Ah. That's my one more thing. Yeah. Well, has anyone else seen Oppenheimer yet? No. Uh, it will be this week. 
Okay. I'm going to save it for yep. next week then. Um, but Mark, do you, do you, are you joining us next week? Uh, I hope so. If you, if you have me. Good yeah. stuff. Next week is Oppenheimer week. Cool. Get fucking keen. In. Rhiannon, have you watched anything? Uh, I finally, it's taking, I've had to watch this in three sittings because it's so gosh darn long, but uh, Avatar, mm. Way of the mm. Water, ah. stunning, oh. stunning. Yeah. Loved that film very much. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely it's worth. Like it's just, and it, the whales. And the, the way the way they talk to each other. I know. Yeah. I just, and the pit you have a soul animal. Oh, please. Mm-hmm. And the beauty yeah, feel, and like got heart. Yeah, the and the yeah. and the differences between them, but the similarities and you know how they interlinked and oh, mm-hmm. oh it was so <laughs> nice. It was it's all the right buttons. Oh, it really did. Um I'm sure you guys have already seen it and you're probably already enthused about it, but I just wanted to um you know, put it out there. If you if you felt like it was slow to begin with, just persevere because it took me like three sessions. But oh, I'm I'm gonna watch it all again in like one go because mm. oh, love it. It's a lot of movie, mm. yeah. And you know, Sam Nathan. Worthington. Yeah. Oh, in a oh. blue man suit as well. <laughs> oh, please. Feet the size of you know. <laughs> Talk to me. Hello. Uh, so the big one. Not the feet uh, that I will come back to next week will be Gran Turismo. Oh, yeah. Yes. okay. Yeah, I want to talk. Good with... to wait for Zach on that one as well. Mm. Yeah, mm. preview on that, like, 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 little little giveaway. Yeah, mm. kind of fucking enjoyed it. Yeah, like, okay. I'm I'm keen for it as well. Yeah. I didn't get to I didn't get to see a preview. Like, maybe Ma- maybe Mark and I should go watch it. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Right. Adam, you want to go see? driving car movie no nope, thanks which is a perfectly any? reasonable response all of us it going is. in were like this is gonna blow like the bar this has to pass is 2014's need for speed with aaron paul this passes Ooh. that it's all right uh this was as yeah this is as good as you would want it to be i like and it. i'll be, cool. i'll have yeah i think zach will have some interesting thoughts to bounce with that as well but uh, what I've watched, I've just tried to perk myself up in the past week. I've watched uh, a couple of seasons of The Other Two. Have we heard of this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yep, yep. okay. Loved it. Yep. So you've got these like two late 20-something siblings who have a younger teenage brother who just becomes like the next Justin Bieber. Like he's just oh. the next hotness. But they, they had been sort of trained by their mum to... They were supposed to be the the famous ones, but now they've kind of missed their mark. They're almost 30 and they've got to kind of ride the coattails of their younger brothers. They just try and they try to ride the coattails. They try to follow his, you know, rise through the industry and see if they can get some of the dregs on the side. Uh, very entertaining. Uh, so I've very much enjoyed that. And then I've gone from that to Party Down, which is on Stan. Uh, this was a series that was like cancelled in like 2010 after like two seasons. It stars uh, Adam Scott, I think his name is, fella from Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, that is actually being genuinely fucking hilarious. Uh, and season one ends with a couple of episodes of uh, Jennifer Coolidge as a recurring star, and she's the most fucking hell bent hilarious nutcase <laughs> I've ever seen her in. In Party Down. Like, she's full Lucy Goose and just hilarious. 
she's been having a bit of a cool naissance at the moment, right? Like she's she's it back. It seems it. Yeah, so I've obviously White Lotus, but then um yep. yeah, I'll get to see her in like circa t- 2009 and just fucking killing it, man. Okay. She's hilarious. Nice. Love it. Adam, anything? Oh yeah. I like going back to that one. Brad Pitt's so killer in it. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Well, look, as always, thank you so much for joining us here on the Well Play DLC podcast. You can find uh, a bunch of our written work on the website, which is well-played.com.au. Also head over to our YouTube page, which I always fucking forget. Well Played underscore AU. Go and give us a like and subscribe. Hit that bell, etc, etc. Thanks again for joining us. We will see you all next week. Yeah, that's all I got. Oh boy. I can't (laughs) wait. Love it. See you then. Bye bye peoples. Also the hyphen is silent. Eh, Tell that to Zach.